Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Copon. Um, this is uh, a poem to with a hyphen because he redacted the name by Percy Bish Shelley, and it's about memories. And it goes like this Music, when soft voices die, vibrates in the memory. Odors, when sweet violets sicken, live within the sense they quicken. Rose leaves, when the rose is dead, are heaped for the beloved's bed. And so thy thoughts, when thou art gone, love itself shall slumber on. I'm delighted to have Douglas from the Dugout Football Channel with us, to have football writer, French football expert, and Liverpool football mad, Liam Reith as well. And I'm also delighted to have Nigel with us again. Nigel, welcome back. We had loads of fun, didn't we, Nigel, on the last show, talking about Jurgen Klopp, the retrospective with Doug as well. And Jack, who can't make it because he's got loads of uni work. Good luck with the uni work, Jack. Um, but we're gonna, we got to the beginning of the 1920 season. Um, of course, this was the season, as we all remember, that was suspended from the 5th of April to the 17th of June due to the COVID 19 pandemic. But we won't dwell on that really. We're gonna look at the players, the results, the matches, the brilliant, and uh, of course, the many, many, many records that we broke along the way but let's go back to the start of that season um nigel i'm gonna start with you um we drew the community shield and then lost on penalties to man city 5-4 i've blocked that out of my mind because i just don't remember have you blocked that do you remember that losing the community shield that first game that season was norwich exactly there you go exactly just put it out of your mind great if you win it but then uh, if you if you lose it, then you can just say, oh, why are they making a big deal about that? It means nothing. Yes, that's true. Let's just talk about Norwich. We beat them 4-1, Nigel. Yeah. You've got to remember that. We were 4-0 up at half time, um, which was pretty impressive. Uh, what do you remember about that game? I mean, I've I've got it somewhere in front of me. but uh, Oh, no, Ali it. got injured. What I remember exactly, yes. Allison was injured, uh, in what like the 30th minute or something. It was the tw yeah, I can't, I, I can't, yeah, 39th minute. Yes, we, we signed Adrian two days before he trained for two days and came on to me to make his debut, and, absolutely uh, made, made a telling contribution. Well, despite what some people say, no, no, he was excellent when he was for us. He had, he had the thing to prove, but that that game, Liverpool versus Norwich City, 4 1. Um, yeah, so you can see Grant Hanley own goal after seven minutes, yeah. uh, Mohamed Salah after 19 minutes, Virgil van Dijk 28 minutes, and Divock Origi. Now, of those players, um, Virgil van Dijk was the only one to have played uh, all matches in the Premier League that season. He was the only one because Alisson got injured uh, and uh, other, everyone else got injured along the way. Um, but Virgil van Dijk that season, that was prime Virgil, Nigel. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, do you remember the feeling that you had? Because I just had this feeling of, you know, I don't know. It's like I'm expecting my first child in May, which is big news for me. And when I think about, you know, the people that I would give my newborn child to, right? I'd yeah. give them to my family. I'd give them to my friends. I'd, I'd give the baby to the people on this call because I trust you all implicitly. But I would definitely hand the baby to Virgil van Dijk. And, uh, you know, because he's that, I just trust him with all my heart, even though I've never met, even though I've never met the man. Give me your thoughts on Virgil. Virgil this season, 1920. He was a, um, a mammoth, a monster. Absolutely. Uh, first of all, I thought you were going to say, I hope my baby is born the same size as Virgil van Dijk. <laughs> well, for, for, for dear Stephanie's uh, <laughs> uh, sake, no, absolutely not. But uh, no, maybe yeah, he grow was. into someone that, yes, some kind of... Yeah, he was an absolute monster that season. He was incredible. Um, I remember I remember the header in that game and we just, it looked like, ah, yeah, that was easy. You know, he just went up like that to the crowd, two hands out by his, by his shoulders and it was just, ah, yeah. 
that was that was a goal, no problem. Let's go again. That's I remember Origi's goal being really good, a really, really good header. And it was it was welcoming home the European champions on the opening day of the season. Yes, of course. As well. Yes. And we um, it just looked great and more scoring on the opening day of the season again, of course, um, after the own goal. But Ali put a Ali been injured, put a bit of a dampener on on the whole thing where everyone was worried about how long it was going to be out for. That was the big take for me out of that game. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. It was the big take and it was a big shock. And, and uh, Doug from the dugout uh, football channel, wonderful to have you back, Doug. I mean, it's so much fun talking about this. W- strolling down memory lane. Um, but but Doug, what's uh, you know what, what what do you remember about this this kind of period? Because our next game was was a Super Cup, I think. I'm going to double check my window with all the results on. Um, but uh, yeah, it was the yeah. So we beat Norwich, and then, then we had no. So we had Liverpool four, Norwich City one on the 9th of August, 2019, and on the 14th of August. 2019 Liverpool 2 2 in the Super Cup against oh, Chelsea. It was horrible, um, wasn't it? Pardon? It was a Thursday. Oh, Thursday. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it was a weeknight anyway, definitely. Okay. All right. Okay. But Doug, do you remember it? The Super Cup? Yeah, I do. Um, I do remember the Super Cup uh, because I think uh, a lot was said in that game that, you know, Alison was injured, Adriana to come in. But we obviously, you know, at the end of the game, we got the famous. Uh, Klopp uh, saying Adrian like Rocky um, <laughs> quote. So yeah, look, it was it was a very very good game. I think we we played very well in that game. Um, Mane scored one one of the goals of the season that season. It was a uh, it just came to him on his right foot and he smashed it in um, as well. But I've got to say, I think it was it was an interesting game that one because yes, we you know. Adrian conceded a penalty, but he he kind of redeemed himself with the the penalty saves and the shootout. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a it was a really really tense game. Um, but yeah, again, we we managed to come through in the end. We did. I mean, you know, I'd I'd forgotten the the order of the scoring. It was Olivier Giroud, who's of course has got the World Cup final to look forward to as we're recording this, uh, you know, before Sunday. So Olivier Giroud opened the scoring of 36 minutes and then Sadio Mane got the equaliser in the second half um, on 48 minutes. And then it went all the way to time. Sadio gave us the lead 2-1 in the 95th minute and then Jorginho from the penalty spot made it 2-1 and uh, you know you could see 21 shots for Liverpool and 20 shots for Chelsea it was a very very tight game but like you know shading that on penalties getting a trophy in so early um, it really did I do remember wipe away any you know any any um, sort of inferiority complex that may have set in after after all of course we, we won the champions league but losing the league by a point to city and then losing the charity shield it's sort of you know doug it was like this this feeling of like yeah you know we're really on the march this is this is two games into a season and we're looking dynamite yeah it was like a bit of relief wasn't it it was like a bit of relief to just get that sort of that first one under under the bag i know it's obviously not the most coveted of trophies to win but it's a trophy nonetheless and it's, it's it's a nice one to to get to get you ahead into the uh, into the season yes obviously we you know we lost to Manse on penalties but as Nigel said the season started against Norwich um and then obviously continued on to that um I think we had Southampton the next game um as well and obviously uh Mane scored a wonderful goal that day as well and I do remember Adria made a mistake at the end he passed it straight to uh, Danny Ings, who scored to make it a bit nervy at uh, at two one. So you know that season, I can like like when Adrian sort of came in. Yes, he played his part, but there were a couple of games that we were like winning two one, etc., etc. Um, it was almost like two one FC had been uh, sort of created almost. You'd have to say, but no, the first sort of parts, uh, Adrian did play his part um, in in those games. He certainly did. Uh, yeah, brilliant, brilliantly well said. And uh, yeah, Adrian played his part. Sadio Mane as well in those opening games. Liam, it's it's brilliant to have you with us, Liam. Um, thank you. 
for taking the time. And, you know, I'm going to ask you about Sadio because we talked a little bit in the last mm-hmm. episode, but Sadio at this, I mean, he just had three, four years, you know, he's arguably still in it where he's just been absolutely m- mind-blowingly good. You know, the pace, the strength. What do you love about Sadio Mane, you know, the quickness of mind to shimmy one way or then the other. Talk to me about your love for Sadio. I think you've just, um, you've stole the words out of my mouth there in terms of describing us as a player. I think obviously you can talk about his playing style in terms of being a clinical finisher. Sometimes he'd put away the chances that were harder and missed the ones that were easier, which was one possibly complexity of his game. But in terms of his all-round play, um, I think the main thing was that he was a big game player in terms of you've just seen there in terms of two goals, whether you call it a trophy or not a trophy, you've got to win something to get there. That's the way I look at the Community Shield, the Super Cup and the Club World Cup. You've got to win one of the game's big honours to get there. So, you know, in some respect, it's still a big game. And, you know, to be able to score two goals, as Doug said, the first one being particularly brilliant. The second one was a bit more scrappy, but even still, even to be able to score goals in those big games, you've got to be one of the greatest players on earth. Do we miss him now? Maybe. I think, you know, losing someone of his mentality, the way he can lead a line as a number nine on the wing, you know, so versatile, experienced leader for his country. Um, I really don't have a bad word to say about him. He scored some of my favourite goals in possibly the four years that he was at the club in terms of, I remember his first goal against Arsenal, um, a couple of brilliant goals against City, all that. He's just, uh, yeah, he's a brilliant footballer. And in that early stage of the season, he seemed to be the, the difference maker in terms of pulling along. And when we were possibly struggling games, a couple of two ones, I know we had the three one against Arsenal after that, where most starred, but, he was the player that was digging us over the line a lot in that season and scoring the big goals to get us the three points. I mean, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful, wonderful um, answer. I mean, when you think of Sadio Mane, ah, oh, there are there are loads of goals that stick out, but the, apart from the one you mentioned on his debut, the one we we haven't talked about yet, Nigel, was his his um, his back heel chip. <laughs> he, he back heeled the ball into the floor in order so that it bounced over the onrushing goalkeeper and I don't know I was trying to explain to uh, dear Stephanie the other the, uh, yesterday um, about a Pele rainbow you know how to do a Pele rainbow and there aren't many players in football who um, have their own move <laughs> that they invented especially now after so long of televised football but Sadio Mane invented his own shot there Nigel and that tells you a lot about the guy doesn't it and his approach to football oh yeah absolutely was it Watford it was against I think it was Watford. I believe so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Liam and Doug are nodding yeah, yeah well done yeah I uh, just just an incredible player I think we had the discussion on him last week um just such a vital part of um what became a real machine over a period of about five years. Um, like I said it last week, when we played 30 million for Sadio Mane, people were saying, why are you paying 30 million for Sadio Mane? And it turns out, absolute bargain. In the end, he won everything he could have possibly won with us and was one of the main resp- main people responsible for us winning as much as we did. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Doug, um, um, uh, Liam mentioned... The Arsenal game that was next, um, it was 3-1 at Anfield. It was uh, the 24th of August, 2019, uh, 6.30pm kickoff. Joel Matic got the first one from a Trent corner, I believe, on 41 minutes. And then Mo Salah, a penalty on 49 minutes. And then assisted by Fabinho on 58 minutes to make it 3-0. And it was one of those thunderous Liverpool Arsenal performances when you know it's just like we're 3-0 up after 58 minutes and yes they get one back through um Torreira in in the 85th minute but it was just Liverpool 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 this relentless I I I call it back at the time the combine harvester reds the um 
you know, the 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 vampire reds, I think I called it, you know, sucking the blood out of every opponent we came up against. What do you remember? Do you remember this game? Do you remember, you know, how you felt at the start of that season? Because I was feeling invincible. Yeah, I do remember this game because this was a game where everyone said that Nicholas Pepe managed to uh, um, basically dribble past Virgil van Dijk. Um, oh, everyone, yeah. everyone, everyone was sort of going on about that. So... But uh, no, the third goal, I remember that basically David Louise decides to literally uh, basically try to knock out Mo and basically Mo has just sped past him and basically gone gone on and you know scored with his left foot. That that, that was that was trademark Mo Salah that that day. And obviously the penalty decision is a hundred percent a penalty because he's basically pulled back with his shirt and the referee's looking right at it. So um, but um, yeah, I think we were a little bit nervy to begin with in that game um, because Adrian, like what he usually does, he 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 plays the ball. I, think some, I can't remember who it was that tried to chip him, but I think James Milner got back on the line very very quickly. If I seem to remember that that game, um, but yeah, again, it was just another trademark Liverpool performance against Arsenal, which we we usually do have. Um, and obviously, we do have them later on in this, you know, this coming season uh, to come at the Anfield. But we usually do have a good result against them at, uh, at Anfield, and that was another trademark one. That was that was a pretty comfortable one in the end. Yes, three one, disappoint. Obviously, lose a clean sheet, but there were a couple of more games that you you win comfortably, but you don't get the clean sheet. But I I think you just take the win any any day, any 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 way you can do it. Well, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And this, of course, this this run, I mean, we just kept winning game after game. The next one was Burnley. We won 3-0 away from home. Um, Burnley, they're not an easy side. I don't care now that they're relegated. You you could, you could never look forward to a game against Burnley to, just to, you know, wipe the floor with them. Um, so we so we scored three against Arsenal. We scored three against Burnley. And then we, we followed that up with 3-1 against Newcastle on the 14th of September before our first Champions League game which we lost away to Napoli. And it was one of those ones where they, they had closed the, the um, you know, the lower tiers. So it looked like there was no one there. You could only hear people. It's very strange. Who knows what goes on behind the scenes in Italy and who's making the decisions there. Um, but after Napoli, we had, a you know, I mean, that was our first loss. If you discount the Community Shield, which, of course, we were, we, we were doing. I mean, that was our first um, loss, I mean, in a competitive match since losing to Barcelona 3-0 at the Camp Nou. That was in, in May. And of course, we know how that turned out. Um, Liam, I'm going to go back to you on this one because after Napoli, we had Chelsea away. And, you know, even though I felt invincible after losing to Napoli, and they outplayed us in that match, they deserved to win that 2-0, I remember. We were away to Chelsea, um, and <laughs> it was a 5.30 kickoff um, at Stamford Bridge. And the guy who opened the scoring was Trent Alexander-Arnold. Unforgettable, Liam, that, that free kick goal. Um, what do you remember about this match? I mean, then Bobby Firmino was the one who got the, got the winner. He was assisted by the other fullback, Andy Robertson. And then Kante got an amazing one back when he dribbled past and curled it into the corner. Do you remember this game? It's like that was a pivotal moment for me. Yeah, I think to that point, we always seem to get one over on Arsenal, to be honest. I've possibly not this season, obviously, because we lost, but in previous seasons, I've always looked at Arsenal as a the team in the top six. We are guaranteed to get four points against, if not six. Um, I think Chelsea was the first stiff test in terms of domestic competition that, you know, if we're going to stamp our authority as champions elect, which we ended up doing in the end, especially going away to Stamford Bridge, where we've not necessarily had the greatest record um, over the last decade there, they've always tend to get a result against us when we go over there. So, yeah, just one of those games where not physically in control. I think you can never be in control of a match for 90 minutes straight. But when you see a piece of excellence with the ball just being rolled into Trent's path and he's able to just whip it into the top corner from a free kick, 
like that is um it's just something special. I think it's one of those moments from that season for me as somebody who loves Trent Alexander Arnold, he's probably my favourite Liverpool player that stands out as, you know, that's the moment where we started to get the momentum towards winning the league title. And as you say, we need players like Firmino, possibly not the most spoke about in terms of that season. Obviously, sometimes he's hitting this with his goal scoring form, but in terms of big moments, he seems to be there with the goals and as well, his overall round play, we wouldn't have won it without him that season. So, yeah. Kante, the goal, as you mentioned, it's a special goal. He only seems to score special goals, to be honest. He's a very special player. Uh, but we managed to keep on and get that game. But I think that was the first big three points of the season away at home to possibly not a title rival, but somebody that was definitely going to be making a claim earlier in the season. Um, and we were able to get the three points. So at this point, unfortunately... We've lost a little bit of the audio after that beautiful, beautiful Chelsea game away from home. Um, so I'll just fill you in on what happened. Basically, we then went to Milk, Mil, Milton Keynes or Milton Keynes, probably Milton Keynes Dons. And we won 2-0 in the League Cup. And then we went away to Sheffield United in the Premier League. Another banana skin averted. 1-0 to Liverpool away at Sheffield United. Then it was back to the Champions League where we conquered Salzburg in an unforgettable 4-3 game. And it's a shame that we've lost the audio of this because Nigel was actually there and he gave us a great account about how exciting that game was. We were 3-0 up. Salzburg made it 3-3 through Huang and Taki and Erling Haaland uh, turning into the greatest front three ever. But then Mo Salah uh, got the winner to prove that, no, Liverpool had the greatest front three ever. 4-3 to Liverpool. And then we followed that up with a very famous 2-1 win against Leicester City. It was absolutely fantastic. That was the 5th of October 2019. Um, at that time, we had uh, Virgil, Dixie Lovren at centre-back, Adrian in goal, Trent and Robbo at full-backs, and a midfield of Fabinho, Vinaldum and Jimmy Milner. Uh, Sadio Mane, Mo Salah and Bobby Firmino up front. Uh, and Milner famously got the penalty winner after James Madison had equalised, Sadio Mane gave us the lead. But Jimmy Milner's 90 plus five minute penalty, unforgettable nerves of steel from the robot, the man, El Burrito Magnifico. Um, and uh, there we go. We, we, we So we move forward. And then I, I started asking Doug about the next game because uh, our record had been 100% in the league until we went to Manchester United. And I asked Doug for his thoughts on that 1-1 at Old Trafford. I'll be honest, that Manchester United away game, I had a feeling then that something special was going to happen. The fact that they were 1-0 up should not have been 1-0 up as well. I think everyone remembers uh, Rigi got fouled by, I uh, can't remember his name, uh, maybe Maguire... I can't remember is that Rojo, I think it was. I think it was Rojo. Um yeah, basically maybe, yeah. fouled um Origi on the I think it was a halfway line. And then they break and Dan James plays on Rashford. Rashford makes it makes it one nil. Um and then obviously you you know that goal should have should not have stood. And then Adam Lalana it was that got the got the equalizer as well. So you know there's there's been so many important moments in that in that sort of we we run that we actually had. Um but that game at Old Trafford, I just had a feeling that something special was going to happen this season, that season. Um, just because of the fact that, you know, we were 1-0 down. They looked like they were going to get a, a, a very, very lucky 1-0 win. And then all of a sudden, Adam Lallana pops up from absolutely nowhere um, and gets the equaliser. Yeah, very memorable scenes. Very memorable scenes. I was... I was um... Obviously delighted, yeah, because, you know, the United fans, they were all singing and cheering, thinking that they were going to get one over, they were going to, you know, get the three points. But as soon as Lallana scored, it was great relief. But then I thought he should have picked up the ball and ran back to the halfway line. He didn't. He celebrated it a little bit too much. 
you know, it's, it's, I mean, who am I to say that's a goal at Old Trafford? It's an equalising goal. But I just thought for the mentality of the team, you know, it had he run back and, uh, you know, grabbed the ball, it might have just sent an extra kind of message. Because as you rightly remember, Doug, it was a foul on Origi for their goal anyway. We were the better team. Um, yeah, Liam, after that, we 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 went away to Genk. We won 4-1. Then we beat Spurs at home. 2-1 and then in the league cup um we played a team of kids and you know against arsenal and it was 5-5 jürgen klopp i mean his win percentage in the premier league is around about 64 percent right and there were tons of statistics he's he's broken records that or equaled records that are just mind-blowing considering the history of our club but the thing that i will always have for the rest of my life about jürgen klopp is that everything is epic when we when we win it's epic when we lose we lose six in a row at anfield it's epic when we when we draw it's five five in the league cup with a team full of kids Liam, it's amazing being a red. And even this season to have Divock with Nico Williams to Divock getting the scissor kick at the last minute. Madness. Yeah, completely. I remember watching that game in uh, in my local with my dad and thinking, to be quite honest, this is a game we shouldn't be winning. When you look at the quality that was in the Arsenal side that we're starting compared with our pretty modest side of kids. Um, but, you know, they had Ozil, a young Martinelli starting, Bayerin. Um, Terrera, Saka, you know, young players who've gone on now and probably some of the game's most promising talent and this is only two years we're talking about but I don't know what it was, it just seemed every time they scored, we scored, they scored, we scored and then all of a sudden in the last, just it, to be honest, very similar to the Leicester game um, last season which got us through to the semi-finals or quarter-finals i can't remember vividly um we just kept on scoring and then that divokarigi goal in the last minute was uh was quite simply one of probably one of my favorite moments that season one of the goals i cheered the most there's nothing better than a divokarigi last minute equalizer or winner and then to go win on penalties um, was the icing on top of the cake so just a mad game but as you say we've had so many under other under jürgen you know, the Brussia Dortmund game that goes through um, to the semi-finals of the Europa League. The game against Norwich where Lallana volleys it into the ground and it goes beyond Tim Krull and we win that game. A game which we made much harder than we needed to. Um, four threes against Manchester City. Even losing four three against Bournemouth. Just complete madness, but that was another one of those nights. But luckily, we were on the end, won the end. And again, it just it didn't just show we had the mentality to win the league in the first team. Also, through the younger players, the game, the players who weren't getting as many minutes as your guaranteed stars like Henderson, um, Firmino, Fabinho, Salah, the like, um, were able to get a result. And obviously, we saw the the penalty shootout brilliance of Kelleher for the first time as well. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. He had nothing. He couldn't do anything about the five goals. And you think, well, how could Liverpool concede five against Arsenal? But if you look at that graphic on the screen, Adam Lalana was playing number six. But there you go. That was that game. Yeah, the five-five. And as you say, so many epic moments under Jurgen. Um, let's uh, let's go back to our, to my list of results here. Here it is. So we follow up uh, the five-five. Um, against Arsenal with uh, the 2nd of November 20, uh, 2019 against uh, Aston Villa. 2-1 away win. Nigel, um, it, Trezeguet oh, yeah. scored. Trezeguet, oh. not David Trezeguet. But well, Bobby's it, armpit Egyptian. was offside first. Pardon? Bobby's armpit was offside first, remember. We oh, went ahead oh, in that game. Oh, oh, yes, that was that game. Okay, yes. His armpit, one of the first armpit decisions. Yes, okay. Uh, which looked looked wrong to me anyway, still does. Yeah, I remember that. Um, but yeah, so, so we were we were we were so we were one nil down away to v Villa Park, a raucous Villa Park, second of November, Villa in good form, fairly good form, four o'clock. Sorry, four o'clock, three o'clock kickoff, I'm not sure which. Um, but the ground was rocking. Liverpool needed something. It was, you know, the 87th minute 
and when Sadio Mane found Andy Robertson, um, I've got a story. Was it was it a header or, or I can't remember? No, it, it was, was back a post, back post header. Back post header. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I knew remember it was the back post. Couldn't remember if it was a volley or a header. But yeah, amazing. What do you remember about that? Because then Sadio Mane got the winner and ninety plus yeah. four. And got a kick in the got a kick in the face in the process. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I've got a story. Go I was on. in work. Uh, in case anybody doesn't know, I work in the bookies and I was kind of taking a break trying to watch some of the game. I was up at the top of the shop, television was on, Liverpool game on at the top because I could turn it up a little bit. So I was up at the top of the shop, 87 minute, ball comes across, Andy Robbo, back header, back post, header. I turned around to punch the air, hit one of the customers straight in the shoulder with a full foot. <laughs> Bang, right in the shoulder. <laughs> he's fine he's a good guy no problem so punched him straight in the shoulder yeah and uh, when the second goal went in he wasn't there <laughs> yeah he was on the floor you knocked him no, out he wasn't. <laughs> okay yeah, he that's was. but yeah um yeah it was it was crazy because uh, i have a tendency not to see things when i'm celebrating and i was going absolutely crazy when it went in because it's just it's one of those things one of those things when you score an equalizer after not looking like you want to score an equaliser with that little time left and then to score the winner as well i, I checked before i celebrated the second time so yeah <laughs> it, was, um, look round, yes. it was an interesting one brilliant that's lovely that's absolutely lovely yeah the two one again but do you remember how you felt afterwards because obviously there's the elation nothing beats it of a last minute winner but to, you know two late goals to come back there that was a, that was a moment wasn't it when it's like you know, City can win as many games as they like. We oh, yeah. are piling on the pressure. Didn't they drop points that weekend? I can't remember exactly, but remember. yeah. But you remember, you remember the feeling after that again yeah. was like. And see everybody else in the shop as well. Everybody was running around the place roaring. Brilliant! Running <laughs> around the shop screaming. Absolutely wonderful! Absolutely wonderful! Absolutely wonderful stuff. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's continue through because uh, you know we we can carry on talking this for hours and hours but we've got to get through this season i mean we've got we, we followed up the um, wonderful win with another win 2-1 over genk at home and then manchester city at home a big six pointer i remember speaking to a paris saint-germain player about liverpool man city games and he was telling me that you know that's the big one you know like if you want to win league titles you have to beat your rivals like it's everyone everyone says it's a six pointer it's a cliche but it's so true it's like psychologically if you beat your second place rival or your main rival to the to a game in the league it just feels like a wonderful uh, piece of momentum and it really did um fabinho scored after six minutes um doug um you know nigel said in in the chat his goal of the season was fabinho versus city it was a it was beauty wasn't it and i want to talk about fabinho you can talk about that goal you can talk about that game um uh, but i also want you to talk about fabinho because this season you know, in Brazilian football, they call it the steering wheel. I mean, he was like, uh, it was like, um, he was absolutely magnificent. I believe he started 22 games and he had six substitute appearances. But Fabinho, man, prime Fabinho, that goal. Go wherever you want with it, Doug. Yeah, the uh, I don't know what the Brazilian is for Hoover, but he was certainly the Hoover <laughs> that season. Just uh, hoovering everything up but. Yeah, that that goal was was fantastic. But obviously, we all remember the uh, decision that uh, could have potentially, um, you know, say we're, we're crying for a penalty. Um, you know, it goes off uh, goes off Bernardo Silva onto Trent's arm, um, and then the other we'll go down the other end and uh, and scored. And then you get the uh, you get the second goal. And I remember I remember the remember the second goal. It was like a like a Trent pass, basically Robo onto it, left foot and Salah header right past Edison. Oh that, that, yes, that, that classic that move, that was one just of the best so, moves. That was just so typical of us that season is that we, we, we scored some very memorable goals. And then I remember the third one, I think it was Henderson that crossed to the back stick and Manny just headed it in. So that, that was um, that was 3-0 and obviously they get one back from uh, Bernardo Silva. And then we get the infamous uh, um, Gomez on Sterling, or Sterling on Gomez, um, oh. and then we get the uh, 
the infamous twice, 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 twice uh, yes. meme from Pep and Arteta, of course, who's obviously now you know the Arsenal manager. But uh, that game just felt big because we went nine points clear of them that day. It's unbelievable. I mean, we can talk about the, some of the records that we that we set that that year i'll get to that at the end but one of them is that we we had the the biggest advantage between first and second position in in league history it, it top flight history in the history of the english game 25 points at one point that season but uh, that was huge yeah to go nine points ahead of them absolutely wonderful stuff what a game what a team what a manager yes that 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 free flowing that was exactly that was peak liverpool peak up oh, absolutely great stuff and then we followed it up what are you gonna do you get you win a big match and so many times in the past even this season it's happened we win a big match and then the next match the banana skin it feels inevitable that we lose it but not in 1920. We came up against Crystal Palace next. It was another 2-1 win uh, that day. Um, it was Sadio Mane again, opened the scoring on 49 minutes. And then Wilf Zaha, assisted by Andros Townsend, equalised on 82 minutes, only for Bobby Firmino to step up three minutes later and grab the winner. Liam, Bobby Firmino, I don't know if you remember this match, I don't remember those goals, I remember the results, I remember beating Palace away 2-1, but my memory's awful. I don't know if you remember this match, or if not, like me, just talk to me about Bobby Firmino. Yeah, I'm like you, I'm afraid. There's some matches that are, that are fresh in the memory, like the City one you just mentioned there. Um, Palace away, unfortunately not, but again, as you mentioned, with Roberto Firmino, I just think... He's the unsung hero of that team in terms of, you know, Salah and Mane both score goals for fun. He's the one dropping in the half space or, I don't know if you've been watching the World Cup, but I'd like to call the messy space with the way he's been playing. Just dropping in between midfield and defence and linking everything from midfield into attack. Um, leader of the press as well. Um just the way he can move in and out of tight spaces in, you know, wide areas or come short. Just a complete forward in every sense of the word. And I think that season, if you take someone like him out of there and, you know, put a more natural striker like a Riggy in there, we would have we would have struggled much more, probably tenfold. So yeah, there's not there's not a lot you can't say that's not been said about Roberto Firmino already, but just uh just a fantastic player in terms of the current situation. I really do hope that he stays on. You're like me, then you would definitely give him another, another, another contract. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, even this season when we started the season really poorly, he seemed to be the one scoring goals, getting goals in the big, um, the big moments, um, winning points, putting points on the board. And I was, I've been lucky to go to a few games this season, but he's been someone, as and when I've been, that stood out from the start, especially when you've got a potentially £80 million striker in the, on the bench in Darwin Nunez wanting to take your place. But, you know, there was a time at this uh, this season where he was undroppable. Yes, age is something we have to consider in the, the forward department. For sure, we can't keep that. Obviously, Mane left in the summer. You were never going to be able to keep that front three together. Forever, but if he's happy to stay, play a role, possibly not as prominent as it was in the season we're talking about in this podcast, it was absolutely mesmeric in that season. But, you know, coming off the bench in a big game, possibly playing a more reserve role in a 10. Um, I've, we've seen Griezmann this tournament play further back, be amazing in midfield, being able to win the ball back, progress play forward. I don't think Firmino would be uncomfortable in one of those sorts of positions either. Um, yeah, well, a player of his quality, you've got to offer him a new contract. You know, if he wants to leave and play first team minutes elsewhere, then, you know, he has my blessing. But I would really love to keep him on and, you know, keep somebody like him who's a club legend around the first team squad. Absolutely brilliant. Nigel saying he wants to see Bobby retire as a Liverpool player. Absolutely. And Doug, you're saying, remember... Bobby Firmino's back heel uh, against Newcastle that allowed Mo Salah to score, yeah. There are so many 
Oh, glorious Bobby for me, though, moments. Just beautiful. I mean, he's another candidate for the tattoo, isn't he? You know, Bobby for me, no tattoo. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful. Um, we've got to move on because, I mean, you know, at that point, we're just, you know, crushing teams. Mo Salah didn't even start that match. Maybe he picked up a knock. I can't remember. But, uh, you know, to win without Mo Salah, you're onto a good thing, especially away itself. Hurst Park. Very dangerous uh, place. And then uh, the um, Champions League, we played Napoli because we always play Ch Napoli in the Champions League. That was 1-1 at Anfield. Um, and then we followed that up in the Premier League with um, a victory 2-1 over Brighton and Hove Albion. And then that was followed up um, by a game against Everton. And games against Everton, you're supposed to take them seriously, Nigel. You know, they're, they're a serious thing for the, for the city. Yeah. And people's minds not just melted, they went to the other. They went, they turned into gas. They, they were that heated up. They went from solid to liquid to gas when they saw the lineup i'm going to put it in the, on the screen if i can uh, but i'll tell you for the for the people um listening at home five adrian so five changes yeah five absolutely. Changes. adrian in goal uh virgil van dyke at center deg Stavron, trent at right back robertson at left back uh two number sixes james milner and Jeannie vineldon with uh mané lalana and shakiri behind Divock Origi alone up front in the number nine role. People were going mad, Nigel. Divock ended up with two goals. Manny got a goal. Jeannie got a goal. Shakiri got a goal. And it was absolutely beautiful, especially that goal. I'll never forget. It was a long ball from Degsy Lovren, wasn't it? And 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 Origi lifted it over the small arms of Jordan Pickford. Um, just just to point out uh, that the reason Adrian was in goal for that game is Alisson had been sent off against Brighton for handing the ball outside the box. The oh, previous I'd game. forgotten that. Yeah, okay. Good one. And what, what do you remember? What do you remember about the game? How you felt before, in the middle, after? Always a bit nervy around the derby match, you know. Always a little bit. But I, we were playing really well at the time and they were crap. So... Um, was fully fully convinced we were going to win. Um, I don't mind seeing Shakiri in a Liverpool team, especially at that time. Creative, you know, showed with the goal he scored, ran into the space really well, scored a really nice goal. Um, we scored a good goal early, I think it was the sixth minute or something like that. Um, remember, the, remember the commentator saying his first touch, Origi's first touch, since he scored the winning goal the season before with the one off the crossbar. Oh, this, was his, this was his first touch the next that game in six minutes. First, wow, amazing. Yeah, great. It was a really Thank good goal. First touch went around Pickford. Oh, by yeah. the way, somebody sent, somebody sent a message on uh, Twitter this evening about Pickford's Christmas tree. It was all little small baubles around the bottom of the tree. <laughs> and I pointed out that the tree is in the middle of the room because he can't reach the corners. Um, but uh, yeah, we were, we were really good that day. We gave away a couple of really sloppy goals. Um, Richardson shouldered one into the goal. Uh, who got the other goal for them that day? Oh, Michael Keane. Yeah, Michael Keane uh, from a corner, I guess it yeah. was. Uh, yeah, Richardson. Yeah, so, so the order of scoring Divock Origi after six minutes, uh, Shakiri after 17 minutes uh, to make it 2 0. Then it was 2 1. That was Michael Keane. Um, for Everton, and then Divock Origi on the thirty-first minute. That was the lovely ball from Dexy Lovren, and then uh, Trent set up Sadio Mane in the last minute of the first half to make it four-one at half-time. Job done. Game over. Big, Let's big relax game. in the second half. Um, actually, sorry, no, Richarlison. Yeah. He, uh, made it 4-2 just before yes, half time. Sorry. And then, uh, yeah, the second Genie. half was all relaxed. Uh, and Genie just decided yeah. to stick one in in the last minute just to rub salt into the very salty wounds, the already embittered blood this, of this game our, for me, our Blue Brethren. Mm -hmm. This game for me was like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Do you remember at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark when your man ripped the, the, the guy's heart out? <laughs> I, I don't remember, but well, uh, yes, okay, team, that's what we were doing to Everton's Stanley O'Mahony ripped Everton's heart out that day. He was almost <laughs> untouchable at how good he was that day. If he hadn't scored that day, it would have been an absolute travesty. He was man of the match by an absolute mile. 
was absolutely outstanding, Sadio Mane, that day. Absolutely untouchable, he was. So. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. So he ended up with, yeah, with a goal and two assists. And uh, I'm going to watch the highlights after this conversation. I'm going to go back and watch the highlights of that match just because it was it was iconic. It was brilliant. And talk about Jurgen Klopp. To me, I can talk about, you know, Jurgen and, and his, his, his effects on the team. And Doug, at that stage, even before that match, before kickoff, I saw the meltdown. Uh, you know, on Twitter, follow I follow around about six thousand Liverpool fans on Twitter, and um, yeah, loads of people were going mad. But um, I had a hundred percent faith in Jurgen. I, I it would like it didn't cross my mind for for a moment that you know to to question the gaffer because you know it's just it's just wonderful. And that at this time. This was just peak Jurgen. He could pick anyone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, he has he has had a bit of a surprise or two in the derby. Like I remember when he started Dominic Solanke, and that game is a shock to everybody. I remember when he started, and but that that game, like we just absolutely battered Everton from start to finish. And I think was, this was the game that Marco Silva got his marching orders from Everton the next again day. I think it was. Um, but yeah, I've never seen Sadio Mane play as good as he did that night. Shakiri was fantastic. I mean, the ball from Degsy for to Origi to lift it over Jordan Pickford was absolutely magnificent. And, you know, uh, Van Aldum's goal was fantastic as well. And obviously, you know, they conceding the, the, the two goals that we did. But but no, we, we had that game in particular. And obviously, there is a game that is coming up in this sequence that... Um, that obviously, I, 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 will I talk about it now or not? But that game against Everton was probably the game that you think, yeah, something's happening. Something is happening. I thought it Manchester United away, but that Everton game, I thought we've just smashed our rivals 5 2. We've smashed the Bitters, Bitters 5 2. We've got their manager sacked. Um, just everything was going right that season. Everything was going right. Um, and then it sort of like continued on like after that. It was it was just, just amazing and you know, you know, to be top at Christmas as well. It was just fantastic to to watch. We were just one of those sides who just scored for fun, may have you know, may have conceded a couple here or there or two, but we were very, very good to watch that season and um yeah, there's there's there are a few games in this in this season especially that I'm like yeah, that was that was the moment. That was the moment that we knew that we were going to win it. Excellent stuff. Yeah, I mean, we did follow it up. Allison came back in goal for the next match. It was against Bournemouth. We won three uh, nil away from home, um, and we just stopped conceding in the Premier League. Then you know we we had a few matches where we just you know we beat the next Premier League match was two nil against Watford, um, but then we had the World uh, Club World Cup. And, you know, because we had one game on the 17th of December and uh, in the League Cup and one game on the 18th of December in the Club World Cup, something had to give. So we played, you know, a team of uh, people who'd never seen each other before. They, you know, that was, um, what was the guy? Joe, what was his name? Joe. Joe Hardy played eight minutes or something of that match. Um, and uh, he hasn't been seen since. I hope he's well. I you know, wish him all the best with his career. But we lost 5-0 to Aston Villa in the League Cup. Um, but then we beat Monterey the next day 2-1. And of course, in the final of the Club World Cup, we beat Flamengo again. Bobby Firmino. Um, but yeah, at that point, it was just the Super Cup, the Club World Cup. I didn't think I'd get into it. It seemed like a distraction in the build-up to it. But by the end of it, by the time we, we were lifting that trophy, seeing the Hendo shuffle again, I was bang into it, Liam. I loved it. I loved the Club World Cup. Did you do you remember? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, of course. One hundred and I think that's it. That was that was probably. Again, it's another one of those trophies that you've got to win something to get there. We did, obviously, we went and won it again. But I think it was Firmino's moments in terms of scoring the two decisive goals, obviously, when you're playing in a long slog of a season. One going into extra time, possibly going towards penalties. Um, and he's the man to come up with the moment again. And also against uh, Monterey as well to score the winner. 
it just felt as though we we looked tired in both those games. I think it was I could be wrong, but Rogelio uh, Funes Mori. Obviously, I think his brother played for Everton, who scored the first goal against Monterey. And I thought, oh man, oh, no. good one. Good Here we go. Yeah, this right. is going to be um, this is going to be an awful trip out all that way to. I think it was in Qatar, wasn't it? So. Yeah, it's one of those things where if we hadn't have won it, we'd have probably just brushed it off. But I think by all the time we'd gone through that awful refereeing performance in the first game, it was quite a scrappy game. I remember Naby scored quite early on and they scored straight afterwards. It wasn't the easiest game. We didn't play well. And then again against Flamengo, I'd say they were probably the better team. Uh, but again, for some reason in these big games, we just found a way to get over the line. And again, I think we had to, for me not to thank for that. But I think we were all at the point now we want to win this trophy. And in terms of the way that season went, that was probably one of the most memorable moments. It's it's not a big thing in Europe so much. I know Real Madrid have won it a few times. I do remember Chelsea losing to Corinthians when they won it in 2012. Uh, Bayern have also come up as a hiccup in that competition before as well. But in South America, it means the world. It's, you know, it's seen as the pinnacle of their game. Obviously, they can win the Copa Libertadores or the Sudamericana, but they can't test themselves against European opposition regularly. So to go head to head with the best team in Europe for them is probably the biggest game that they'll play across the season. So it has got lots of meaning, even if it's not on this side of the world. But I'm sure for the many fans we've got in South America as well, it was a massive moment for them as well. Yeah, brilliant. <clears throat> brilliant, brilliant answer. Yeah, totally. Wonderful. Great memories. Great, great memories. And uh, it's a bit of a shame that we don't play South American opposition. I'd like to see it a bit more, to be honest. I mean, you know, maybe that's greedy as a, as a fan. I'd like them to play less games somewhere like you know if we were to you know kick in the league cup would kick that out the window and replace it with a sort of intercontinental uh you know championship with south america that would be cool as heck but anyway i'm digressing i'm daydreaming um just a few days after you know it was boxing day 2019 we played uh leicester city at the king power stadium a fully geared up Leicester City. They could smell blood. They had their first team out with Schmeichel in goal, Soyun Chu, Johnny Evans, Ricardo Pereira at right back and Ben Chilwell at left back. They had a very useful looking midfield of James Madison, Tielemans and Didi, Dennis Pratt and Harvey Barnes. And then up front, they had their talisman, Jamie Vardy. Liverpool had been all the way to Qatar. They'd been playing in the desert. They'd been, you know, <clears throat> going to extra time against Flamengo. And we just weren't supposed to win. Um, Nigel, we won 4-0. Bobby Firmino, two more goals. Uh, and the one that <laughs> the one that I remember the most is Trent's goal at the end, where he just whacked it and he whacked it low and hard and true. And Trent that season, he got four goals. The, the, the free kick at Chelsea that we've already spoken about. Trent was magnificent that season. 13 assists just in the Premier League. Um, you know, a remarkable player. How the heck Gareth Southgate... I mean, he should lose his job just for that, for not finding a role for Trent. But anyway, um, that game was marvellous, Nigel. Absolutely marvellous again. How dare they have the temerity to show up against the world champions? Even <laughs> to show up, they were brushed aside with absolute confidence. It was fantastic. And just one more thing I'd like to point out before we go any further. It's happened since with Chelsea, and they seem to be allowed to wear this badge on their shorts every single game, the world champions badge. We got allowed to wear it once in the FA Cup against Wolves and one league game. I think. I think that's what I think that's happened since. We haven't. We weren't allowed to wear it. Yeah, like, well, it was weird. That why? Why? Why was that? I don't know. I don't know where that rule came from. We were allowed to wear it in one league game and the FA Cup and the Champions League. I think we what the league wouldn't let us wear it after we won Strange. it. I don't know why. But that anyway, back to that. Uh, Trent scored another brilliant goal against Crystal Palace in the game before we won the league. Before the Chelsea beat City. Scored another blinding free kick in that game, but he scored that goal he scored in that game was just oh, it was Carlos Alberto, Brazil, nineteen seventy. That's what that goal reminds me of. It's the same style. He came running onto it, a ball played into the space really perfectly, 
and just put the put the laces through at bottom corner. The third goal in that game, Bobby, ball in from the right-hand side. Bobby controls it and just side-foots it into the top corner and the goalkeeper's looking at it and he runs over and jumps on Jorgen with a big smile on his face. That was one of the goals of the season for me because I just love, he just, Bobby keeps everything so simple at times. It can look really difficult, but he just, it's so simple. Just his touch and his ability, his vision. He scored a header in the first the first day. The second goal that day was a penalty. Mo had just gone off and Millie took the penalty and blasted it down the middle. I think he was only in the field three minutes. Mo got a knock or something, I think. And it was, it was after about half an hour, I think. Millie came on and scored. And we could have got 10 that day if we had really wanted. They weren't in the... They weren't on the same planet as us that day. Well, I mean, you mentioned Carlos Alberto, Brazil, 1970. Yeah, it, it, we, but we, there's something about that level of, of of team where, you know, it's really one of the best club sides ever. And I will challenge anyone. I mean, the one league title, one Champions League so far, I mean, it doesn't tell the story of, of, of how brilliant this team was. And we'll, we'll talk maybe a bit more next time because I th- I, i'm conscious we d- we've already done an hour we, we we just got to the end of the year I and mean, we, we rounded off the calendar year on the 29th of, of december with a one nil win over over wolves and you know that stage we just stopped conceding you know we just needed one goal uh to, to beat wolves and then we, we we followed that up in january with a with a win two nil over over sheffield united and then one nil in the FA Cup over Everton with the kids, uh, Curtis Jones, and more nils. You know, Tottenham away one nil, uh, Manchester United at home two nil. That's going to be the last one. Doug is uh, punching the air, remembering that. We're going to round off our, our our chat by talking about that game and then pick it up next time uh, after that game. But because that one, that was that was you know. Uh, the angels were in the sky, turning the sky red. Do you remember how deep red and pink that sky was that night? Uh, so many epic photos. But the moment—I mean, I've got—I bought a poster from uh, from Dan off of Twitter. I can't remember the name of his account. I'm so sorry, but he made an amazing poster. Mo Salah running through. Um, it's the only game I've ever seen. Um, where I ended up taking my top off and whirling it around my head, Doug, uh, because I was just going absolutely mental. I lost it. And uh, dear Stephanie, she she brings that game up as like something that she would never understand. Like, why why was I doing that? Uh, she It confuses her to this day. But, uh, you know, you understand, Doug. What do you remember about that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that amazing match? Well, that was the game we all finally believed um, that was coming home. Um, that game in particular, Van Dyke scores after four minutes, um, a, a, like a corner, like Man United zonal marking. Like, I'm not a big fan of zonal marking. I never have been. I have no idea why they zonal marked and allowed Van Dyke to just get a simple header. And you know, obviously that that in the sky sort of sequence that. That is now iconic because that is that's in the Sky Sports sequence now for like the Super Sunday because it's Van Dyke celebrating, he's punching the air and he's he's in the air and um just I remember when Allison got that ball, I think it was Mata that tried a I think he tried like a, a flick up over Allison and then Allison basically sees more on his in his halfway line and um yeah the man who you don't really want to be going tracking is is Mo Salah and Dan James, you know Dan James is pacey, but Mo Salah is just a man on a mission that that game and you know that goal two 0 the the crowd like Allison celebrating with Salah that was that was just that moment where you think yeah that's it that is the game that potentially would have probably clinched it uh, because I think City had dropped more points that day I've seemed to remember. As well, they lost to Norwich that season. I think I think people forget that that they they lost to they lost to Norwich that uh, that season. Yeah, absolutely, we're going to win the league. Yeah, the crowds were believing then um, as well. But if we're talking about sort of m- the memorable victories over Manchester United, that's obviously that's obviously one of them. Um, but I've never seen like a a game where the the fans just start to believe that. You know, I remember they were managed by Solskjaer as well, like his five three two 
tactics. Like it was just it was just awful to watch, but we managed to break them down very, very easily. His game plan was over by after four minutes. It was over after four minutes. And then, you know, they managed to keep us waiting and waiting and waiting. But I remember that game in particular because Mane scored an offside goal. Vinaldum scored an offside goal. So again, that could have been 3-0 at half time. Um and I think uh, Pereira missed one where he could have gone with his left foot. He he missed an absolute sitter. He could have gone with his left foot um, to do that one. But I just remember then that just Allison getting that ball to Mo, Mo going forward and slotting it past the hair. It was just just a memorable, memorable game. And then all, all the all the fans and then we're going to win the league. It was just just a memorable, memorable game that and one. That everyone will remember. They will. They will. Where were you, Nigel? Were you in the shop? Were you punching people in celebration? What were you doing? No, I was at home. I was watching watching out with my dad, and just had a very kind of easy celebration when the second goal went in. I, I, initially, kind of the usual, go mad, but no, just a very kind of yes, that's it, and just kind of happy. That was it. It was just just happy. I hate that fixture. I just hate it. it's. Uh, it's like it's never easy. It always seems to be problematic, however good we are. But for the last few seasons, they're just not on the same level. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, it was funny. Like if you actually look at their their lineup from that from that day, it's a very weak Manchester United team. They had Brandon Williams in the team and uh, Dan James up front with Martial, and uh, they had a few other players that were just. You know, we we should have wiped the floor with them really on paper, but just the relentlessness. It's never easy, as uh, you're absolutely right. It's never easy against United until last season, of course, four nil or five nil. But anyway, we'll get on to all of that stuff. Um, oh, and Nigel saying in the chat, yeah, we had uh, Brandon Williams marking VVD for the corner. Good planning. Ole, good planning. Give him the, give him another contract. Bring him back. Enough of this ten hag nonsense. Um, Liam, you can you can you can round off uh, this episode, this retrospective, with your thoughts, your memories of that of that Man United game, because that is, as Doug was saying, when everybody started believing, the crowd were overtly singing for the first time, we're going to win the league. But I, I, for me, it was like, yeah, it was confirmation. It was very very special, but. You know, it didn't change my belief. I, I I was already a believer long before that that we were going to win the league. But I don't know, how did you feel after that game, during that game? Yeah, I think the sense of, like, the just the chanting around the ground, now you're going to believe us, now you're going to believe us, we're going to win the league. It, as a Liverpool fan, as you'll all be aware of the same mutual feeling, is it's very difficult to believe something has happened until it has actually happened. And when you beat Manchester United in that circumstances, I think people forget that the goalkeeper assisted that goal as well. That's not something that happens regularly. I mean, Alisson likes a goal contribution. We all know that, but um, it's not. It's rare that a goalkeeper hits a ball 80 yards, a striker brings it down and goes and scores. Um, I just think the fashion in the way the goal was, you could see from Salah's celebration, an excuse to show off his abs to, to the cop. Um, just the way everything fell into place, I think that was the moment where we still had that thing in the back of our minds. Obviously, something nearly did prevent it in the form of COVID and the, um, the stoppage to the season, which I'm sure you'll speak about on the next episode, but... It felt like we'd been so far ahead of everyone else at that point that nothing could take that away from us. And it would be really difficult for anyone to say that they didn't know that the 30 years was up at that moment in time after that goal hit the back of the net. Just, I think everyone, it, was, it wasn't it was just the fans, it was the players, it was the coaching staff. I think everyone knew that was the moment. We'd beaten Manchester United at home. The Winning goal is fantastic. Just everything seemed to fall into place for the perfect moment. And the the scenes afterwards, I know we never had that moment of lifting the trophy in front of the fans at Anfield, but I think that moment is something that nobody can take away from anyone because it's probably one of the greatest atmospheres at Anfield, probably since Barcelona. Um, other nights, that's probably one of the greatest days at Anfield in the last four or five years absolutely unforgettable memories for for, for for all of us where you know whoever you are where, wherever you were that day you know i hope you, you know it can just bring back you know that joy that joy that Jurgen klopp brought together and gave us um 
there's so much we can talk about we can talk for hours longer and i hope we will because uh, we're going to do part three of this jürgen retrospective as soon as we can but for now i want to really thank you uh, uh doug what's going on with the dugout football channel you've been doing loads of watch alongs for the world cup i've i've seen you've had an absolutely wonderful year so congratulations uh thank you, know. you. um and uh, what's going on with the dugout these days yeah i, I mean I've just, I've just kind of uh I've done the World Cup now, so like I, my uh, my World Cup stuff is now sort of over. It's just uh, focusing on sort of you know domestic football now. Um, I've got a Liverpool Man City preview coming out on Monday, um, so I've got that one coming out on Monday, um, and there'll probably be a fair few videos here and there um, as well. Definitely domestically, might do a, a Sophie and Amberbat video um, as well, um, and potentially potentially a few few other videos um, as well but i think videos over the christmas period are definitely going to be sporadically i think um i don't think i'm going to do too many um because i just want to sit back and have a good festive break but uh, there will be a few things coming out don't so uh obviously hit that subscribe button and uh hit that notifications bell so you don't miss an upload absolutely yeah everyone listening to this uh, go and subscribe and uh to doug's uh channel is absolutely brilliant stuff uh liam what have you got going on at the moment you're just embroiled in, in university work and writing and watching football what are you up to yeah very much so i think it's um with france reaching the the world cup final things are very busy at the moment obviously um i think i speak for all of us when we wish canate the best in that game obviously it'd be nice to see messi win but you can't be a play from your own club winning the world cup um yeah pretty much articles at the moment it's finals for uni as well so that's mixed in so good mixture but yeah lots of stuff coming for get french football news so um feel free to give myself a follow or just check out their feeds there'll be some stuff coming especially including a overview of the top 100 league and players from this year as well which is always a good read for if you're wanting to get to know a new league so yeah be sure to check that out as and when it's out towards the end of the year get yeah, brilliant stuff i mean you know enough of this farmers league nonsense i mean for example chua he's only just moved from league young guy 21 or however old he is and uh you know tearing the world cup up he's been absolutely superb of course and bappe and messi playing in in france as well and uh you know we've just got ibu from her only the best young defender in the world so that that'll be yeah, we'll look forward to that. I mean, I'll be supporting France as well because it's been such a, a good place for me uh, over the years I've lived here. But uh, thank you very much. And thank you very much, Nigel. Nigel, have we missed anything? Is there anything that you would like to say? No, not really. No, just I'd just like to say I think Griezmann is my player of the World Cup. I thought he's been fabulous. Oh, yeah, definitely. Everything, definitely. Everything's gone through him and he's just controlled the whole French game. So, yeah, I just that's just it, really. And I hope people starts and I hope they win great stuff all right well there you go we'll leave it there then and uh, we'll we'll be dreaming of an ibu ibu lifting the trophy um and uh, yeah thank you very much to everybody so thank you everybody on youtube leaving the comments and all that and we'll see you uh at asap you'll never walk alone thank you so much bye bye